Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the Board Sports, unique sports coverage. This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Halloween special. Welcome back to another edition of the ATB Pod. I'm your host Chandler Adams, joined by co-host. I guess we can call him permanent co-host John Kaufman. He's here today, and in place of Eric Gooski, so we've got Alex Shear, our f- college football analyst for Across the Board. It's glad to have you back on, Alex. Uh, I'm glad to have you back on. However, sorry I got my words mixed up there a little bit, guys. I'm scared of this Halloween music. I think they might be right behind me. Anyway, with that long-winded intro, John, Alex, how are you doing on this fine Halloween? Never better, man. Never better. Can't complain. A little cold, but I'm inside, so not too bad. <laughs> ah, I this this music's creeping me out. It's kind of got a good beat. I might start listening to it to work out, but <laughs> uh, I guess... Boys, we're going to get right into it because I guess Michael Myers is fake and not actually going to get us. So I wanted to start the show a little different. Uh, man, excuse me. It's been a long day. Usually, uh, we go into a little bit of chalk it up or erase the board here. But I just wanted to throw it out, uh, throw that out for this week. I found three super, super crazy stats. And then uh, Alex Shear found one that I'm going to throw in there. Shout out to him. But here are four crazy stats that you guys are just not going to believe me, but I promise you they are 100% factual. The first one, the Bills are now 0-8 the last two years against NFL teams with an average, so 16th or better offense. They allow 29 points per game and lose by an average score of 29-9. That's founded by the Warren Sharp over at Sharp Football on Twitter. In perspective, when the Bills play an average team, an average team, they are awful. And when they play the likes of the Dolphins and the Redskins and the Giants and the Jets, they're dominant. Now, I don't know. The Bills still might easily make the playoffs. They have an easy schedule this year. That's just how it is. They don't have to play very many tough teams. This is going to... They they still have a couple tough games. I think they have three games left that are against above-average offense, uh, not not counting the Browns in one of those. Uh, so if the Browns can start clicking, maybe four. But 
That's an interesting stat from Warren Sharp. The other one is from Ben Fennel over on Twitter. Great follow. Uh, has a lot of Packers stuff. Has highlighted a lot about Jair Alexander being one of the great young quarterbacks not talked about. He tweeted out, Joe Flacco. Yeah, get this, guys. Joe Flacco is best in the league at throws 20 yards or deeper down the field, and he's the best in the league when in play action. How? That is mind-blowing. Wow. That's something that I wouldn't have guessed in a thousand years. I would have guessed he was towards the bottom, and I would have guessed, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady would be at the top and play action passes. That That's mind-blowing. Uh, luckily, the Browns don't have to go up against him because <laughs> that's too terrifying. <laughs> and that's going to lead us right into the third stat of another quarterback that's taken a lot of flack. Oh, see what I did there. Come on. Awful. What'd you just say? That was awful. Come on now. Rim shot. <laughs> oh, man. That was a good one. Sorry. Oh, a little late on the music here, Producer Chan. <laughs> but five of Baker Mayfield's 12 interceptions have been a turnover worthy throw, according to PFF. They also have Baker as the 14th best quarterback in the league this year so far. You might ask, how? what does this mean? It means Baker Mayfield's had eight turnover-worthy plays, three of them being fumbles, five of them being interceptions. Browns fans, this is Baker's floor. Baker's, this. I think almost everybody in the NFL would agree that Baker's not playing well. I think you would say this is not the Heisman number one overall pick in the NFL draft. And he's 14th in the league, according to PFF. And he has had, if you take what throws have been turnover worthy, five. Five throws, but he's had 12 interceptions. That is something that, John, I know he's a fellow Browns fan. Can you imagine what his ceiling is now? It's higher than I thought it was last year, if this is his floor. Yeah. Absolutely. And we saw a lot of, uh, I mean, it's statistically the best rookie quarterback season of all time. That's yeah. what that's what he put together last year with, you know, largely uh, the same offensive line and, you know, similar issues and things like that. Obviously, less weapons on offense. So, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, he disguised the limit for him and he just needs to uh, trust the guys up front and calm down and relax a little bit more. Feedback. Hopefully, Freddie, you know, oh boy, Freddie Kitchens. They, oh, we oh we're gonna have players. to, we're gonna have to stop John now, or else yeah. we'll be here a couple hours. Me It'll be a three-day long, long podcast if we start conversation that, so. about Freddie Kitchens this weekend. But in yeah. a little bit of breaking news, boys, I just got this for Bleacher Report. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, but I want to throw this out there. Bell says Steelers were among teams that tried to trade for him. Hmm. I saw this earlier from Sleeper Buy, and I was dying when I saw that there's no way like you got rid of the guy because of all the drama because of all the whatever I, I don't believe it. it I feel like it's just generating buzz because right now and he's not producing it makes sense the Steelers the Steelers knew they needed quarterback they knew they needed running backs they had 17 of them get injured on Monday night I don't know I tried to get Le'Veon Bell back for 13 million but <laughs> that's show that's a talk for another show wow this Going to Alex's favorite team, the Patriots. My Tom boys. Brady has played 
one, he's already played one father-son duo. But get this, he's not going to play two, but three if he plays next year and him and DK Metcalf are both healthy when they play. He plays CMC later this year. No, he's already played CMC. He's played against two. He's scheduled to play DK Metcalf next year. Oh, you you told me that wrong, dickhead. So he's played against Devin Bush, (laughs) junior and senior. That was the opening game of the year. When did they play the Panthers? Uh, last year. Oh. Okay, so he played CMC last year, and he played his dad 40 years ago. October 27, <laughs> 2002, against Ed McCaffrey. Good God. And then he is scheduled to play DK next year, assuming Correct. that DK puts a little bit of fat on his body because you cannot play in the NFL with that little bit of fat. You will break, um, <laughs> i.e. Kevin Love playing a much less physical sport. But, yeah. Tom Brady is set to play his third father-son duo. That's just absolutely crazy, but sorry, Alex. This is all going to be nothing when Bron and Bronny Jr. win the NBA Finals in a couple years. So, with that being said, um, yes, you can schedule it now. Bronny Jr. is going to go to the Cavs. LeBron's going to come back. Can, I'll can cry. I take that to the bank? Is that something <laughs> I can take to the bank right now? Yeah, I'd probably bet a couple million on it. It's, it's that easy of a. Oh, it's cool. that. It's yeah, just that. Let me just go through Wikipi- a couple million. It's on Wikipedia, dude. <laughs> it's on Wikipedia. Oh well, then that's clearly true. Thank you. All right. So, talking about putting a million, couple million bucks on it because it's on Wikipedia, we're we're just a little bit less reliable than Wikipedia. I can promise you that. But for now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna run you through our best bets because that's why y'all are here to win money. And, okay, I'm lying. We're a little bit more reliable than Wikipedia. Okay, I lied again. John's more reliable than Wikipedia. Alex <laughs> and I are just kind of talking and hope that it sounds okay. John uh, knows everything. I, I don't even know how I don't even know what football is. I haven't watched it yet this year. I have, actually. You know, I was just thinking about this. Watching the Browns this year, I've never been more nervous in my life. This is not a plug for myself, but I played in the state finals of high school basketball. Because I was, I was talking to someone about this. And they asked if I was nervous, and I said, no, not really. I, th- I actually thought we were going to win. We got beat by 20. Uh, <laughs> close game. Kind of how the Browns have been going. But I was sitting there watching the Browns against the Patriots, and when Nick Chubb fumbled it the second time, I was physically sh- I was physically shaking. I was nervous. I couldn't breathe. Uh, my hands couldn't stay still. I couldn't text. I was clammy. I was cold. It's so weird, and it's just – I was just thinking, think about all the pressure that these Browns players have on them with these expectations that the media has set for them. Because, my God, I'm a fan and I'm nervous for them. But that's – we'll talk about the Browns a little bit later. You started sounding like an Eminem song there. Knees what weak, did I say? palms are sweaty. Oh, you know. get out of here. <laughs> hey, little code, Alex, your mic volume is sounding good. Don't worry, guys. He knows what I mean. I know it's hard to break Appreciate that Appreciate that. Thank you. That's um, the nicest thing you've said to me all day. Yeah. Oh, well, since we're being nice – uh, I'll break that, and I'll let you talk about your best bet, Alex. That way I can uh, – I'll try to side with you, but I'm not going to lie. I don't want to. I mean, But what, no, what is your best bet this week? That's fair. My best bet is New England over Baltimore. Oh, okay, I can side with that. I'll side. I don't even know. I'll just side with it. But we'll I'm going to take Baltimore. New Let's England go. Take it to the bank. Plus the points. They're going to they're gonna beat the spread. Okay. What's be the spread? Uh, spread is currently four points. Okay. Um, it's at it's at my it's at Baltimore. It is at Baltimore. All right. Um it's gonna be the first good quote unquote offense the Patriots will play. And when I say quote unquote I mean it's gonna be the best offense the Patriots have played all year. Um, <clears throat> that being upset. said 
Bill Belichick, he's phenomenal when it comes to, you know, scheming against opponent or opposing offenses. Uh, Lamar Jackson is so fantastic, out of the pocket, in the pocket, above the pocket, underneath, wherever he wants to be. Whoa, 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 sorry. I know we're not supposed to interrupt. Yo, yo, yo. You say he's, what did you say about him being in the pocket? He's phenomenal. I think that the problem Mm. is, though, that (laughs) if he's forced to throw too much, that's when he gets in trouble. He can do enough with his legs to keep plays alive, but he can't do it for an entire game if he can't scramble. So I think the Patriots take this, and it's not going to be close. Tom Brady, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, Baker Mayfield had 345 passing yards against this Ravens defense. Tom Brady's a much better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. I think we can all agree to that. Tom Brady's going to have a field day. Hmm. If I'm being logical, obviously Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than Tom Brady, so I don't know what you're trying to get with at that. Wow. I have no I bring no bias to this show. That's the number one thing. And you're being super biased because the Patriots are your team, Alex. Uh-huh. Don't be that guy. Baker Mayfield is better. Mm. I'm zero ring no. six ring. He's, okay, sorry. Um. He's better at uh, he's better at press conferences, that's for sure. Oh that's yeah. True. Actually, no 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 no. Tom Brady snapped on more uh oh, yeah. quarters than Baker Mayfield has. No, Tom Brady is absolutely better than Baker Mayfield. Um, in, in so many different qualities, uh, you know, but the one I wanted to go back to the Lamar Jackson thing, Lamar Jackson is actually 16th in the league in as PFF quarterback rankings came out today. So right, right, right in the middle. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to, and I'm not trying to shoot down your thing. I completely agree with everything you said, except for the Lamar Jackson being, great in the pocket well i disagree i, I think on the great in the pocket i think he's great at escaping pocket pressure yeah he that, that's oh, yeah. what i was really trying i think to lamar for. jackson is one of the better quarterbacks in the nfl uh 100%. 16 he's rated 16 because he's not one of the better throwers in the nfl yes. uh, so if any of you guys saw this pff tweeted it out nfl rankings it's free to go read uh, they have Baker Mayfield at 14, Tom Brady at 4, and Lamar Jackson at 16, just as kind of a basis to where we're looking at. And Lamar Jackson, as Alex was saying, is great at almost everything a quarterback should do, except for the thing that scares off PFF and scares off me and scares off his long-term viability. Mm-hmm. It's his, he's very bad at sitting in the pocket and making a hard NFL-type throw. But with that being said, at this point in his career, he doesn't have to do that. He has a very good offensive line, a very good running back. He's got very fast receivers, receivers built for his skill set. But like Alex said, Bill Belichick makes you play left-handed, as Pat McAfee says. Takes away, <laughs> takes away your right hook. He's not going to let Lamar Jackson run. He's going to spy him all game long. They're the most competent defensive back unit in the entire NFL. They mm-hmm. can they go they go cover 0 against OBJ and Jarvis Landry for God's sake. Nobody in NFL history would think that that is a possible solution. So, to sum this all up, sorry I went into a little rant there, but I think Alex did a great job of saying I just wanted to put more substance in it. This New England defense as a unit is fantastic. Outside of their defensive back group, they really don't have any great individual players. But they work so well because of Bill and Steve's game planning that they can 
They're going to be able to spy. They might even put two spies on them at times, play kind of like a, a cover two over the middle, but really short. Um, and But Jamie Collins being on Lamar Jackson all game scares me for Baltimore fans and New England fans alike because Jamie Collins is a real hit or miss, heat-seeking missile. But all that being said, I'll let John take over now, but I do agree the way that this New England defense can uh, – play man-to-man without any safety help mm-hmm. is going to look so much in their favor against the struggling to pass in the pocket Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, I would say that Baltimore's shot to win this game, I mean, it is at home, so that's helpful, but their best mm-hmm. chance to win this game is if they can run the ball uh, with great success the entire game. Um if they can do, you know, similar to what we saw when um, Houston uh, went to Kansas City and beat um, the Chiefs with Mahomes when before Mahomes got hurt, obviously, um, they they played keep away. I mean, they had the offense, their offense on the field uh, the whole game, and just you know, you just you keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. That was huge. Um, if Baltimore can do that, then yeah, they might have a shot. But I mean, it's just it's impossible to bet hey, against New England. It's just it's. It's impossible. So it's a fool's errand. Um, so I'll transition to my best bet. So um, let's see. we're going to go with uh, Tampa Bay is getting six points, and they're at uh, Seattle. Um, so hmm. this is Tampa Bay plus six, uh, minus 110 juice. Um, the Seattle is, uh, let's see, they have lost two games at home. Uh, they have yet to cover a spread at home. Hmm. Um defensively they are an absolute mess um i mean we are traditionally you know always thought of them legion of boom and seattle defense and you know teams going up to seattle the century link you just you know wow you just forget about it you know they're never gonna you could pretty much chalk up eight wins for them you know at home every year and Mm -hmm. with russell wilson you're gonna win half your road games at least so it just looks so good but they are currently uh the third worst defense they're ranked 30th uh, in yards per play, so efficiency-wise, I mean, they're it's it's a nightmare. They can't stop anybody. So, um, Tampa Bay, additionally, uh, Tampa Bay is the number one rushing defense uh, as far as efficiency goes in the NFL, according to Pro Football Reference. So, you have Seattle's defense can't stop anyone. You have Tampa Bay's rushing defense, which is the best in the league. Uh, Seattle is a establish the run. Um, and I say that with air quotes and, you know, with the intention of being sarcastic and making fun of them. Um, yeah, they are established the run team. So they're going to try to run the ball and they're going to be really unsuccessful. Now, of course, Wilson's going to have a lot of success through the air because Tampa Bay can't play any pass defense. They're dreadful. Hmm. Um, and some of that is because teams are only throwing because they just can't run against them. So, but this is a recipe for disaster. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Tampa Bay wins the game outright. Um, I don't think I would bet the money line here, but you never know. I mean, maybe put you know five ten bucks or something small on it, have Ooh. fun. But uh, yeah, That's Tampa awesome. Bay plus six is a really good bet. Yeah, uh, and what's so strange about Tampa Bay's run defense is that uh, they don't have any elite defenders. They have what are perceived to be elite defenders, but they don't, uh, Shaq Barrett has been an elite pass rusher this year, but yep. that doesn't help in the run game. Um, you know, 
Sue's been underwhelming, and it's hard to get a super elite grade in PFF as a defensive tackle. You know, it's really only Cox and Donald up in that upper echelon. Mm. But Sue's been very, very underwhelming. He ranks 69th in defensive tackle grades. Uh, you know, the past five years, six years, he's been top 10. But Vita Vey has been what they expected him to be out of Washington as the 19th best defensive tackle in the entire league. But what I think makes their defense, run defense so great, uh, you know, I want to say it's uh, Devin White, but he's been a, he's been awful this year. He's also been kind of injury prone. But the, the way they disguise things, they, they just do a very good job of it, which you would think would help their pass defense a lot. But their pass defense is just the, there's no talent back there outside of Hargraves. Um, but I think what helps them is the way they're able to dissect what the quarterback of the opposing team is wanting to do. Uh, you know, Todd Bowles has been great at game planning and hiding things from quarterbacks. We've seen, you know, um, Levante David hiding behind defensive tackles and then popping out of nowhere getting a big play. So the only thing that scares me about this game, John and Alex, is how good of a quarterback Russell Wilson is. I know this is a very big stretch, but I am on a, f- I am on a firm hill that I think Russell Wilson might be one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen in the NFL because his career is far from over. So we've got ten more years to see if that's true. But he's, on, I think he's on a trajectory. I, rookie quarterbacks that did what he did. And quarterbacks that have done what he's done with his roster. Now, I know Tom Brady and the Patriots are, are penny pitchers, and they've never had super elite talent. But by God, Russell Wilson on the offensive side is ne- has never sniffed talent like Randy Moss, never sniffed talent like the players that Bill Belichick has went and got like Gronkowski, which obviously they developed him. They didn't just go out and sign him in free agency. I was going to say I'm that saying wasn't is, a free agent pickup, but yeah. No, no, no and I'm not saying point. that, but Russell Wilson's never had a talent like that. You Correct. know, you can argue Doug Baldwin, but part of Doug Baldwin being great was Russell Wilson. So the only thing that scares me, what I'm trying to get to is, while Chris Carson is a good runner, I don't think he'll do anything if you have him sit him in fantasy this week. But Russell Wilson scares me against this terrible secondary. We saw Tannehill get two touchdowns on this secondary with like he had two touchdowns with like 40 passing yards mm-hmm. uh which isn't really an indictment on this secondary at all i'm just throwing the stats out there russell wilson is the only thing that scares me but all the facts line up to take tampa bay the only thing that's saying don't take tampa bay is like this this is my head and not my head my heart because of russell wilson but i completely agree if you're going what is your best odds it's got to be Tampa Bay because, like you said, all the things about the against the spread, the home, this is setting up for Tampa Bay to almost win it outright. Absolutely. Yeah. And but, first of all, you're not wrong about uh, Wilson being one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I completely mm-hmm. agree. Second of all, Seattle has done almost nothing to help him in his career oh, as far so as – aggravating. Uh, weapons and offensive linemen and stuff like that. I mean, just even the whole, just drafting Rashad Penny in the first round and then turning around and saying, oh, hey, Chris Carson, how you doing? You weren't much of a draft pick, or, you know, at all. Or, I mean, just, yeah. and then he just outplays him. I mean, and it's, then LJ Collier in the, in the, their first pick this year, and then go get freaking Jadavian Clowney. 
Yep. There were still tackles on the board. This guy's never had an offensive line. He's had one offensive lineman, Dwayne Brown, his entire career. That's it. He's got his blind side covered, which a quarterback as mobile as Russell Wilson doesn't really need that. And he's going up against Aaron Donald twice a year. I don't know. I could go off on a tangent. Seattle, why the hell did he sign back there? Because some team would have treated him so much better. He's what well, started. Everything started with the Max Unger trade when they sent him to New Orleans for Jimmy Graham. God, was, and you're like, yeah. Russell Wilson's going, guys, I don't I I'll make Will Disley a thing. I don't need a tight end. Like I'm fine. Can you just please not get me killed? Like that's yeah, that's all I'm worried about. So I mean the Will Disley thing, I mean, you look at that as well, and like he was playing phenomenal until his injury. Like yeah. this it wasn't a uh it wasn't one of those things that you just look at him and you're like, Oh my god, like this guy's you know, he sucks. No. Russell Wilson made him look amazing. Absolutely. But then Russell Wilson, after that injury, what happened? All right, I'm going to keep doing Russell Wilson things. Like, he's great in the pocket, and then when he absolutely has to, he's like, all right, I'll make a play with my feet, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he can just – he can chuck the ball. He can run it, you know, 30, 40, 50 yards. He can do it all, and he's been doing it for, what, the last seven, eight years of his career? He's going to do it for another seven, eight, nine, ten years of his career. He's that good of an athlete. So I agree with everything you guys have said. They have not treated him fairly. They need to give him more opportunities. So where do you sit on the the bet of Tampa Bay plus six and the 12th man? Where do you sit on that? I I like the points um, in favor of Tampa Bay. I'm a firm believer, uh, and I kind of joke about this. Russell Wilson is great in close games or garbage time games when it comes to fantasy, right? Um, but you look at him in general, I think that Russell Wilson has enough magic at home that I don't take Tampa Bay with the points. I think Seattle beats the spread. I think Seattle wins, first off, but I think they beat the spread because they are at home. The 12th man is a hard place to win in. Um, even with a depleted defense, Russell Wilson has enough magic to carry that team to a, um, a seven-point victory or more. Hmm. Okay. I See, so I understand exactly where you're coming from, but I do side on John with this one with the spread because Seattle, outside of an awful, 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 awful Falcons team without their quarterback, just isn't good at blowing people out. Uh, and I think six points is a lot to be hanging. Uh, I don't know. I, I, so I'm, I'm with Tampa Bay there, so it's two to one Tampa Bay. That, that, that was John's. Uh, plus six. Alex doesn't agree with it because Alex is wrong. <laughs> no, I can't so, wait so to far, come back next week and tell you just how wrong you were. We have <laughs> New England minus four, Tampa Bay plus six. That's going to lead me into mine. And mine has a big, a big, big, big if on it. So this is if you're a gambling man. Now, obviously, if you're betting, you're gambling. But this is if you're a true gambling man cleveland browns minus four in mile high no joe flacco and you might say okay they don't have joe flacco dude it's easy there's a big caveat to this um so he's actually going to join the show sometime which is going to be awesome but he's at c-l-e-v-t-a he works for sharp football warren sharp um so I'm gonna go through a couple. I'm gonna go through their. Uh, th- no, I'm not gonna go through that all. That bore you. Sorry. Okay. So back on. Basically, 
And then a super easy nutshell, I'm going to explain this for the diehard fan that knows what 12 and 11 personnel is to some person that just just enjoys football. 12 personnel, you got two tight ends on the field basically. 11, you don't. I'm just that's a, that's a simple. We'll just make it super simple. When the Browns have two tight ends on the field, they have an 89 they ha- against the New England Patriots. Great defense. When the Browns played 12 personnel, they had 89% success rate versus New England out of 12. So 89% of the time when they had two tight ends on the field against New England's defense, they succeeded in what they were trying to do. To add on to that, Denver has allowed 5.3 yards per catch and 47% success rate to teams running out of 12, which is 13th worst in the NFL. But they're the third best defense against 11 personnel. So when I know that was a lot, so I'm going to summarize that. Sorry, I just that was very poorly worded by me. The Broncos defense against two tight ends is very poopy. The Broncos defense versus one tight end is very, very good. That's because of Chris Harris, right, John? Absolutely. And when the Browns are in 11-man personnel, I'm not going to go through and read you the stats, but they're on Twitter. You can find it at Sharp Football or at Cleve TA. When the Browns run 12 personnel, they're a top 15 offense in the NFL. When they run 11 personnel, they're very poopy. They're very, very poopy. So, basically, my whole caveat to this tweet, my to this pick, is I love the Browns. Four-point advantage in mile high. That Denver team's bad. Their defense is good. But as we just saw, it's not that good against 12 personnel. The Browns are super good in 12 personnel. So there's this huge match made in heaven if the Browns can figure it out. And there's no way they don't know this information. But I'm going to tell you, if you're someone that likes to play it super safe, don't go with this one. But this is an easy one to make your money if they do these things. I know that's a big if, and you don't really want to do that in betting. But I like it. I think they're going to figure it out. I don't know. Am I crazy, boys? That's a lot of information. Very poorly worded. And I'm I don't sorry. think you're crazy. Um, you know, Brandon Allen taking over that starting job uh, for the Wait, next who? couple of weeks. Brandon <laughs> Allen. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think him taking over that starting job is not – it's just not good. Like, he's been in the NFL three years. We know nothing about this guy. This guy has done nothing with his career. Um, he was claimed off – of waivers uh his i want to say his first year by the rams waived by jacksonville i mean he's been a um a journeyman quarterback in three years so um i just it's a perfect storm for cleveland right now to take this win um i like cleveland um over the spread personally i think cleveland could win this by 10 um, and I know that's uh, everybody's like, hold on, let's uh, hold your horses there. But no, I think right now this is a good opportunity for Baker Mayfield to really establish his confidence against a pretty solid defense. Um, Nick Chubb to bounce back from those fumbles last week. Um, and I think that this, this is a chance to, all right, Cleveland, this is a make or break game for you. If you lose this game, I don't want to get over ambitious and say the season's over, but this is an almost must win game no matter what like the Cleveland you have to win this game 
um, especially with your defense going up against a guy who's played like 10 snaps, you know, and I'm, I'm exaggerating. Um, but Brandon Allen is not a good quarterback. He, he's a backup for a reason. He's played on multiple teams for a reason. This is a Cleveland win. I say Cleveland 23-13. Uh, couldn't agree more. Um, I'll tell you, uh, I know it's Halloween, and it's a very scary time of year, obviously, but uh, that's not the reason that uh, the Broncos tackle Garrett Bowles is not getting any sleep this week. Uh, he is uh, he's having sleepless nights because Miles Garrett's coming to town, and you he is going to eat that dude alive. Would you say someone's chasing him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Garrett is... Uh, what's it called uh, miles garrett's gonna come to town and uh garrett bowles is not gonna sleep at all this week because he's uh he's having nightmares i mean he's been really really bad and he's played against moderate you know uh pass rushers defensive ends things like that i mean it's it's been he's had a he's really struggling and now he's gonna face garrett who is second in the nfl in sacks um wait i thought he's tied for first i'm sorry I oh, he might. He, he actually might be. So I may have looked this up the week prior. Um, so that could be as well. But uh, but tighter second, you know, in sacks and quarterback pressures, uh, tackles for loss as well. I think he's either leading or he's second as well. Ooh, um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's really bad. So you're going to see Miles Garrett. Um, the other thing, uh, the if you guys uh, see on Twitter, um, the NFL matchup show that ESPN has. Um, they uh, their Twitter account's pretty good. They throw out a lot of stats throughout the week and stuff, and they'll show uh, clips of uh, things that they've either talked about before or what they're going to be previewing, you know, on the, the following or the upcoming weekend show. Um, they tweeted out today uh, the teams that are uh, the best at getting to the quarterback without sending extra defenders. So just the you know your standard four or five man rush, whatever it happens to be. Um, the Browns are tied for fourth on the list. Uh, 27.4%. So the Patriots, for reference, are first at 29.1. Um, so without having to blitz, uh, you're getting pressure at the fourth highest rate in the NFL, which is fantastic, obviously, because impressive. I didn't know that. Yeah, you're freeing. Yeah, I, I think like Browns fans probably felt it or maybe intuited it just said, wow, it seems like they're, you know, getting home. Um, although, admittedly, uh, uh, Larry Ogunjobi has just completely disappeared from last year it's been really bizarre but um regardless uh yeah garrett uh garrett bowles is in for a long long sunday afternoon he's not going to be happy so um you take uh into account the fact that like you guys said brandon allen's starting uh they they've had struggles on offense they've had struggles on defense this team i mean denver just you know they're it's been miserable nothing but miserable so um this is definitely a get right spot for the browns I think you're going to see a real big game from Odell Beckham. That's my first, uh, I guess, bold prediction for the week. I think Beckham's going to have a real, you know, Beckham game where you're like, okay, that looks like the Odell Beckham that we traded for. So uh, second of all, I'll say that I'll bet you Garrett has three sacks uh, in this game. I think he's really just going to, he's going to go nuts. Three sacks um, in the first quarter, maybe. Yeah, really. <laughs> he might, he might just have it. They might have to, yeah, mercy rule by halftime, so. Um, and then an interesting betting uh, fact about this game, which um, really bizarre, just to, but I heard this on a podcast I was listening to today. It's the uh, Beating the Book podcast. Um, and uh, they were talking about how when there are two losing teams who are playing a game, 
and so just losing records, and they're they're both coming off losses. Uh, there have been over 800 occurrences in the NFL where this has happened. So losing teams, both coming off losses. The road team, as long as they're favored by it's four or less. So if you if they're minus four, three, two, one, or even an underdog, they're covering at a 60% rate. So totally bizarre, right? It doesn't this make... This is the kind of stuff I hate, John. You make us look like we just come here, we're coming into a kindergarten class, and he's taking AP physics and... <laughs> A graduate master's course. That is freaking – that is deep shit right there. Can you repeat that so people actually hear that? Because I, I know uh, – you said it great, but that is so bizarre. Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird stat. That's for sure. It made my eyebrows, both of them, raise up. Um, so when you have two losing teams in the NFL, sub-500 records, and they are going to play – you know, uh, the, the game they're playing, they're both coming off losses the prior week. Uh, the – Road team is covering at a 60% rate when the line is minus four, minus three, two, one, or if they're an underdog. So a lot, a lot of situations. And like I said, the, the examples were there were over 800 occurrences. So it's, it's so pretty, crazy because, pretty sound. So John, Road are you saying Denver covers not... then? Is that is that what I'm hearing? No, no, he's saying Cleveland no. covers. Oh, Cleveland. So right, Cleveland right, right. is okay. a road favorite of minus four or three right. and a half, depending on where you get it. Um, if the line stays there, traditionally in that spot, road favorites when the teams are losing and they're yeah, they lost last week right. uh, have covered at a sixty percent clip. Okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, that's that's insane. Stop that's, it, John. Just stop it, please. Because yeah. road teams are not what you want to. You don't go into a best bet thinking, God, I really love this road team this week, uh, as we do it three of our four picks actually four of our four picks oh well i'll just back i mean like i said though it's the perfect storm for cleveland to come in and take this game especially yeah, with perfect storm for all these away out, teams so yeah Absolutely. i i want to scare browns fans a little bit because i like to do it um so pff wise this backfield for defensive backfield for denver is the highest graded uh probably in the entire league uh chris harris 13th best 13th best quarterback according to pff I mean, let's stop that. He's the third. He's probably the best corner in the NFL. Uh, he's, he is a little limited. He's not like he can't travel across the whole field. He's more of an inside guy. But, you know, I've had John drop the stat before. He's the best corner in NFL history statistically, which is just mind-blowing. He's uh, incredible. I do so want to throw cool. one thing out there. This is Brandon Allen's, uh, Brandon Allen's first snaps in the NFL. In his yeah. three years, he's never taken a snap. He's always been on the practice squad. Yeah. So I'm, I'm enjoy gonna, your day, Cleveland. Enjoy the W. <laughs> well, this is the th I'm, this is why I'm trying to instill a little fear. Justin Simmons is the number one rated safety in the mm. entire NFL, and it's not unlimited snaps. He's playing a ton of snaps. And to be honest, Justin Simmons, I kind of know him, but I don't like – I didn't come into this year no, thinking like, oh, yeah, top safety because he had a bad year last year. They have Kareem Jackson. Everyone knows who Kareem Jackson is. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. Um, but here's something that I bet both of you didn't know, because I didn't know this. Alexander Johnson uh, didn't didn't play enough last year to get stats through PFF. He's played week five, six, seven, and eight now. He didn't play before he, uh, at all, but he's played 65, 57, 42, and 58 snaps. So he's played a good amount of snaps. You guys want to guess what his PFF grade is and where he ranks? That that's way too hard to guess. So um, yeah, I'm not guessing that. <laughs> he's at a ninety two. Wow. Wow. So 
<laughs> if you go on PFF's website, I have PFF Edge because I love them uh, as much as John loves Warren Sharp. <laughs> uh, if someone's blue on PFF and you're playing against them, run. I mean, as you, blue is elite. Blue is Julio Jones. Blue is Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Alexander Johnson is first in the league by a freaking long shot. Wow. I didn't know who he was before this year. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of scary. And then you look at their defensive line. They've got I mean Von Miller, one of the best defensive ends in NFL. Uh, Malik Reed, I actually know this guy because somebody, me, who was scared to voice his opinion, me, have it written down in a notebook. Uh, I'll try to find it actually tonight and send it out on Twitter. I had Malik Reed as like my fifth best defensive end for a 3-4 scheme coming into the draft. He's out of uh, Nevada. I like the Nevada and Utah State guys. He's a monster. He's faster than hell, and he's actually playing elite in the run defense, which I didn't expect. Be, watch out for him. He can rush the pass. He's just like Von Miller size-wise. And then Draymond Jones has played like uh, – Buckeye fans would expect. Luckily, Derek Wolf's been bad. Adam Gotsis has been bad. But then they have Shelby Harris. I mean, he was elite last year, and he's elite this year. They've got a lot of players on the defensive side mm-hmm. that scare me. They're a lot like the Titans on defense. They have players everywhere. So that's something to look at. But going back to the facts, this this team against 12 personnel is not good. So if the Browns can do that, which you hope they do, I would take Cleveland minus four in Mile High. I like it. John, I know you have another road team. Uh, I love it. Come to us for best bets, and we're going to give you four road teams. No, but John, who's your other team that you'd like this week? So you're right. Uh, it is another road team. Um, and uh, just for uh, – so we're all on the same page. Statistically, uh, the the beginning of this year, and I need to update my numbers, but uh, this is these are road teams uh, covering the spread. So road teams ATS so far in 2019. In week one, they covered 67% of the road teams covered. Week two, 73%. Week three, 69%. Week four was 60%. So this is not a blip. Like it's a thing. And so don't you know, there are still places that are really hard. You know, New England has home field edge like almost no other. And Kansas City, traditionally, this year we've seen them lose, obviously, two in a row, which was really odd. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just plays into the, you know, don't be afraid of taking road teams if you think the value is there. So, and we think the value is uh, with the Indianapolis Colts as they're laying a point and a half uh, on the road in Pittsburgh. Um for me, this really comes down to uh, two things. Um, first, the coaching. Uh, Frank Reich is just light years better than Mike Tomlin. Um, Frank Reich probably doesn't get enough credit for uh, his contributions to the Philadelphia Eagles offense when he was there. Um, you fast forward to uh, you know last year and their the Colts are trying to get Josh McDaniels and he says, yes, then he backs out at the last second. And it feels like Frank Reich is the consolation prize, but I mean, he has been anything, but he is just fantastic. Um, you know, and then going into this year, a week before the season starts, you think you're going to have Andrew Luck and it turns out, Oh, guess what? You know, it's going to be uh, Jacoby Brissett starting and our 
the you know franchise the franchise quarterback of all franchise quarterbacks retires a week before and they just they don't miss a beat so it's been really impressive now last week they uh they barely squeaked out the game in denver um some missed field goals obviously contributed to that and there were a couple you know they had some issues um but I'm not afraid of Pittsburgh's defense whatsoever. Um, they do, they are elite when it comes to rushing the passer. Um, you know, TJ Watts, incredible. Um, I mean, they just, Bud Dupree, they've got a lot of pieces on that defense that are, uh, look, make you look at it and say, gosh, I wish we had guys like that. That's for sure. Um, no matter what team you are. But the bottom line is, uh, the Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, uh, if not the best offensive line. So, I think you're going to see a lot of that pass rush, uh, pass rush neutralized. Um, and then the other thing it's going to come down to is quarterback play. And Brissett is just way better than Mason Rudolph. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, Mason Rudolph opened that game last week on Monday Night Football against the Dolphins. The first play he's got all day. He's just standing back there. He's just patting the ball down. And then he just decides to throw it like right to one of the Dolphins. It's just like Xavier Howard, I think, picked off the first pass. And of course, they ended up winning the game and, you know, everything looks fine and stuff. And he ended up having decent numbers, mostly because the Dolphins defense is god awful. But I'm, I'm just there's nothing to be scared at there. Uh, James Connors banged up. He didn't practice today. I don't know if he's going to play. If he does, obviously, that's a help for them. If he doesn't, you know, Jalen Samuels is no slouch and he's going to be back this week. So. You know, that's something, but I just think the, the, every edge points to um, the Colts as far as coaching, quarterback play, you know, defense being neutralized. The Colts' offensive line is just beyond impressive. So uh, this is a small little spread, you know, minus a point and a half. You're basically just saying who's going to win this game. And we're not afraid to take road teams as we just talked about. So we're going to lay the points here and take the Colts. Yeah, yeah there's three categories uh, on a macro level that you win in the NFL. So I'll keep it short and sweet. Offense, defense, special teams. Offense, Indy. Defense, Indy. Special teams, Indy. And if you want to go for coaching, Indy. I agree with you. Indy all the way. See, and that's, I, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you. I think right now Pittsburgh's set up perfectly for this home showdown. Um, I mean, right now that defense is looking solid. Sure, they gave up, you know, 14 to Miami. Um, they allowed 6 of 13, 6 of 16 third down conversions. Um, but this is a defense going up against a good but relatively inexperienced quarterback. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's been in the league three years, four years. This is his first full season that he's going to be starting. Um, I think Frank Reich is phenomenal at coaching. Um, Pittsburgh's going to be pushed up against the wall, especially because of the run game. Um, you're relying on Mason Rudolph. However... I think this defense can disrupt Jacoby Brissett. I think you're there at home. Heinz Field is a hard place to win at. Um, I don't like Indy in this game for just whatever reason. It just feels like a trap game to me. I mean, Indy barely put up 20 points against Kansas City, who has an awful defense. Um, something about this game I just don't feel easy about for Indy, and I think Pittsburgh takes this one. So I am going against both of you. I think that Pittsburgh takes the W. That's fair. I just have one major argument uh, to rebuttal your 20 points against Kansas City. That's because Frank Wright is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And instead of doing what John Harbaugh, because both Harbaugh brothers can be head cases, they didn't try to play Kansas City game. Frank Wright said, 
you know what we got to do to win? Keep us keep our offense on the damn field. So he and Jacoby Brissett milked that clock like they were watching the news as two 80-year-old men watching the same repeats for 10 hours. Jacoby Brissett and that offense didn't score against the Chiefs because they just they just molasses down the field. They they destroyed the time of possession. And then you might say, well, they had the ball more, so they should score more. They were trying not to score. And I know that sounds ass backwards, but that's that's how Frank Reich did it. So that's my argument to the Kansas City thing. I understand what you're saying completely. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is heading towards the top of the league in almost every category. Uh, but I, I do agree with Indy, minus basically two here. Uh, I, they, they're better than – they have a better defense, better offense – Better special teams. My only issue is that Indy has played all almost all of their games have been by a margin of six points or less, save the Texans game. Um, that is how they've won, or that is how they've lost. Um, and for me, they're just playing so many close games that I think one of them's going to sneak up on them. Last week, they barely escaped the Broncos with a fifteen to thirteen win. Um, I just. For me, it just feels like a trap game. Obviously, we're <laughs> all going to disagree on this, and that's fine. But for me, I'm I'm taking Pittsburgh on this one. Well, I will say this: uh, it might be a good spot to um, the uh, take uh, Pittsburgh in a teaser. So uh, they're getting one and a half. You take the six points you get in a teaser bet, and you put it up to seven and a half. Um, I like that. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty tough to beat at home, obviously, and mm-hmm. I don't. I if I I like the Colts obviously and I like them laying the point and a half but I I wouldn't expect like a double digit win or anything like that no, it is a road either. game so but uh, but yeah so it might even be a good middle spot maybe you, t- you know you take the Colts minus the points and then you put Pittsburgh in a teaser see if you can hit them both hey there you go I like it yeah I I agree teasers are always a safe bet but as always guys well you can always find our best bets article Saturday Sunday morning. Check in on it if you're wondering where it's at. DM one of us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We've said our DMs before, but it's, I'm at Chandler Adams at ATB Sports Network. John puts out a great Best Bets article, puts everything in more detail. Obviously, this is on a Thursday night. More things will come out by Saturday. So you can always find that there in the Best Bets. John, did you want to do a little quick uh, synopsis of your record for last week, or do you just want to save that for your article, or how do you want to go about that? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll break it down a little bit more here. The article um, every week, uh, so every week, um, come out with a best bets article. It's going to have uh, however many plays, you know, it's typically between three and five um, for the week. And uh, I post uh, last week's plays, and I give a little um, breakdown of, you know, whether we I won or lost and the reasons being, uh, you know, behind the win or the loss. Um, last week, uh, there were five plays and only the teaser hit. So it was 0-4 otherwise. So 1-4 total. Um, so really, really bad week. Um, but I just wanted to talk real quick about uh, process versus results. And I do mention this in the article every week and talk about how my concern is over the process. Okay. I don't, the record is almost irrelevant. I mean, obviously, we're doing this um, to make money. Okay, that's the point here. So you're, you, you know, we're trying to identify places where we can find edges, where we can find value in NFL lines, and we're trying to make money. And so, you know, that's the goal. But it's very, very easy to get focused uh, on the results only and and forget about the process. And that is absolutely the wrong way to approach. 
pretty much everything in life. Um, I'm actually reading a book right now. It's called Thinking in Bets, and it's by written by Annie Duke, who um, is a professional poker player. Um, I think she's got like a PhD and two master's degrees, something. She's a brilliant human being, so just, you know, phenomenal. But anyways, the book is largely concerned with uh, how human beings tend to view the result um, uh, as good as they tend to uh, view a, the result of a decision um, as being, you know, good or bad. And then um, saying that the the process, um, uh, they kind of overrule that and don't really, they're not really concerned with it. So um, in other words, people can make good decisions, but the results can come out bad. And human beings tend to say, oh, that was a bad decision. I should have done, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, hindsight bias comes into play, things like that. Um, but the bottom line is, is the, the book is teaching me and hopefully all of you who are listening that the result can sometimes be largely irrelevant. If your process was good, if what led you to make the decision was sound reasoning and logic, and you had evidence to back it up, data, what have you, um, then if the result turns out bad, that, that can happen. The luck plays a factor. There are other things that come into this. And so, you know, you, you really shouldn't look at your results only. It's really, it's much more about the process. So, um, for instance, real quick, we had last week, I had Carolina plus six, um, uh, at, uh, excuse me, at San Francisco, San Francisco won that game, what, 51 to 13, uh, so that bet was never even close to winning, okay? That game was, you blinked and it was 21 to three, I think. I mean, it was unbelievable. So now heading into that game and what I talked about in the article was that when you look up Carolina and San Francisco's defense, they're, they're identical. Their yards per play are almost identical. Uh, San Francisco was slightly ahead, like a 10th of a yard or something like that. Um, San Francisco had just faced less plays, so total yardage-wise, they looked like they were way ahead, but in yards per play, those teams were identical. So you got two identical defenses, and Christian McCaffrey on offense. Kyle Allen had played very well. Um, he was on his way to breaking Dak Prescott's record of the most consecutive completions uh, or pass attempts, excuse me, in the NFL without throwing an interception. So... He was playing really well. He had fumbled the ball a few times, and so that was an issue, but uh, he hadn't thrown a pick yet. And he just imploded. I mean, they went on the road. He threw three interceptions. They, they couldn't run the ball. San Francisco's defense is absolutely legit. Carolina just didn't show up. And so you lose the bet. And what I want to say is, and this is not, I'm not trying to come up with excuses and things like that. I, I really want to be harsh when I grade myself. But the point is this, the, the, what, the information that we collected, the research that we did to that led us to say we we're going to take Carolina plus six, that was sound. It was good reasoning. And it ended up where we didn't win the bet. But we're not going to say that the result, uh, which was a losing bet, uh, you know, is the, the end all be all. Like the process is way more important. So I'm always going to post my record. You guys will always see, you know, how I did the week prior and where I'm at for the season. Um, you, the, the articles are, you know, still up from week two. That was the first one we did this year. Um, so you can always go back and click on things and, you know, nothing's being edited. Nothing's being changed. The, the records are what they are. Um, 
But like I said, just, you know, I'm more concerned about the process and I urge you all listening to be more concerned about the process and the way you lead up to your decisions that you make. And don't be so concerned with the results all the time because that's, it's just, that's not where your focus should be. Thank you so much, John. That, that puts into light how, I mean, why people listen to someone who might only have a 60% career against the spread, you know? You might, most people don't even have close to that kind of stuff. So, you know, next time, surely we probably won't go 4-0 this week. Well, I don't want to say surely. It's very possible we go 4-0. But the reasoning we gave you on the podcast is what made us to choose those things, and we fully believe it. And let's be honest, if you made that bet, you fully believe it too. It's just shit happens. But like John said, we try our damn hardest. To make it a sound bet. We don't want to just tell you to do something because that's how we feel. So, as always, check out John's articles on... It'll be Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Just check it out before you give yourself that bet. And I promise it's going to pay dividends for you. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. uh, Play some ads from our sponsors. And we're going to come back back with you. We're going to spend two minutes on Thrive Fantasy and then... We're going to build a great DFS lineup to help you win. And our DFS lineups have been pretty damn good. But anyway, hmm. take a little break right here. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by ThriveFantasy.com. You can also find it in any app store. Thrive Fantasy takes DFS to a whole new level. Prop betting. What they're going to do is give you a stat of a top 20 player you pick the over the under if you get the over under right you get points if you get points you win and if you win you get money but there's another way to get money use code atb at sign up and get a free ten dollars on your first deposit you help us you help thrive you help yourself we're about to go through and give you some thrive action so sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the show. And so, like just told, we're going to go into our Thrive props. We're going to do this one quick. Um, we don't want to overload you guys with Thrive. We know it's new to you, but be sure to go check it out. It's great. It's a great prop betting app and website. It's probably the cleanest and easiest to use one that I've seen out there. Great guys. Go check them out. Our three, we're just going to do three for you. Our three locks. These are just the absolute, you need to play them. And of course, if you need help with your Thrive props, email, text us, call any of us, hit us up on Twitter. We will help you. Like We're not here to try to put up a paywall and make you pay for our picks right now we're not that good no i'm kidding we just we the 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 plan when we went out and set our sites on this website was to help people mm-hmm. we're not going to make you do a paywall we're not the athletic oh shots fired anyway so <laughs> always 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 contact us any day of the week we'll help you every night there's always someone available our three locks for thrive this week russell wilson 285 and a half yards rushing and passing Versus that Tampa Bay secondary. Boys, what did we just say in our best bets? He's going to feast. Tampa Bay oh. can't stop the pass. Nope. Not really at all. bad. So, 
Tampa Bay is going to get the plus six, and Russell Wilson is going to get 286 rushing and passing yards. That's the easiest lock of the year. Lock it up. Kirk Cousins. No, sorry, 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 sorry. Kirk Cousins, 22 and a half completions. Over if Mahomes plays. Under if Matt Moore plays. They're going to run the ball more if Matt Moore is playing. And if Mahomes is on the field, they're just going to have to pass it because Mahomes can score. Oh, I, I just It's ridiculous. It's pretty self-explanatory why we're doing that one. I definitely think it's going to be the under. Um, Mahomes is not scheduled to play from the last thing I saw. So just keep that in mind, people, as you're making these bets. Yeah. yeah, he was limited in practice today, so I think yep. they're just getting him out there to get him used to, you know, moving around again. Uh, but it sure doesn't seem like he's going to play. So, yeah, if he's out then uh, and Matt Moore starts, then take the under on Cousins' completions. So, 100%. Yeah, and uh, for sure, I mean, I, th- I, feel, I feel like this is probably the easiest lock of the entire, well, like, history of anything. But you play Dalvin Cook. Every week, everything, <laughs> ever. Play Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm sorry, who? Dalvin who? I, it's this running back for the Vikings. Play Alexander Madison. Perfect. Um, Sam Darnold. Two passing touchdowns versus the Miami Dolphins. We're taking the over on that because Sam Darnold, no matter what you've seen on TV, is a better quarterback than what he's been perceived as the last couple weeks. He's bound to have a bounce-back game. The, the Jets are all in on this team. Robbie Anderson's locked back in. Le'Veon Bell can get a receiving touchdown. He likes his tight ends. Sam Darnold, more than two touchdowns against this Miami secondary. And Xavier, Xavier Howard's out, so that's that's also another reason. You boys agree with all three of those locks? 100%. Those Those are all great picks. Yep, very good. And like I said, I 100%, no matter what, any time of the week, any day, always contact one of us. Uh, We'll put the handles in the link in the show description. Always contact us. We're always going to help you. Always, Mm -hmm. always. And with that being said, Thrive, thank you for the fantastic props this week. We're going to go straight into FantasyDraft.com. You can also find them in the App Store. They're rake-free, guys um, and gals. I can promise you DraftKings is not rake-free. They're about the opposite. Fantasy Draft, rake-free. They do these things. It's 20 people. Put 5 bucks in. You're in the top 10. You win 10 bucks. I love it. You double your money. You have fun playing. It's really safe. You just got to score a top 10 team. So that's the kind of team we're building, more of a head-to-head type matchup. You know, we don't want a ton of, oh, he could. This is a, yeah, he's going to Mm -hmm. type lineup Uh, with a little bit of mix because you always want to, you know, you always want to shake it up. You don't want to be a square. And we're going to start with quarterback. We're going to go, we're going to go me, John, Alex. We're going to pick, and here are the rules. That person's gonna suggest it. Obviously, it's not a it's not a lock. We can discuss it, but pretty much the person that's picking gets to pick that position. But we all have one pounder. What that means? It's not a quarter pounder. <laughs> that sounds good right now. We all have one guy that we can just pound the table for. Like, shut up, Alex. We're taking him. We all have one of those people. And. 
I'm up first with the quarterback, and I know it's crazy. There's a lot of quarterbacks I like on the cheap side this week. A lot of quarterbacks down there because I don't like to pay a lot for my quarterback. But the first one I'm seeing is Baker Mayfield's 10,000. Now, there's a lot of things that scare me about this. A lot of things that scare me about this. Baker Mayfield's not going to go off for five touchdowns against this Denver defense. There's not a chance in hell. But they can't match up with Odell Beckham Jr. And at 10,000 points, you only need Baker to get you 10, 12 points really to kind of satisfy you. If he gets more than 14, you're thrilled. Uh, this He's at the base He's at he's the same price as Colt McCoy, Josh Rosen, Mike Glennon. And I didn't even know he was still in the league. So if you guys are okay with it, and this is subject to change, I like Baker Mayfield here because this thing with Tony Grossi, everything's shaking up. Nick Chubb, they're gonna establish the run that sets up a play action pass with OBJ. I feel Baker Mayfield can get me at least fourteen points is which which is what his average is. Ten thousand at base salary, Baker Mayfield. I love it. He tore apart Denver last year. Hmm. Disagree? Agree? You guys? Yeah, I'm not crazy. Not. I'm not crazy about that one. Same. So, I'd like to. I just like to see it first. You know, that's all. And and I think we alluded to it earlier in the podcast, talking about Freddie Kitchens. And uh, believe me, we'll at some point we'll have. Uh, set aside a, a day or two to uh, record li- literally a 48-hour podcast of why I would like to uh, strangle that human being. So, But regardless, um, I just, like you said, if they, they're much better running 12 personnel, but we're not guaranteed to see it. Um, you know, the play calling's been off. They're, they're on the road. Denver is actually a good secondary. I mean, I don't know. I just think there's better options this week. That's all. See, here's the thing. Um and this is a good and bad thing about every person picks their person. I I refuse um, to pay more than the base pay for a quarterback just because that's what I've been doing this year and it's worked wonders for me because top quarterbacks get big get big time points. But if you save that three thousand and then you go from a Frank Gore to a Dalvin Cook, it's that much of a difference in my eyes. I, I'd be willing. I'd be willing to go Mason Rudolph also at ten thousand, but I'm uh, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I don't love either of those because we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick play good in the first half against Seattle. Then I mean Pittsburgh, and then all of a sudden they called in the troops and said, "Hey, you guys are winning. We got to stop that." And then terrible throws started happening. So cool. unless you guys have an absolute veto, I'm sticking with Baker. Uh, I I know it's. I know it's crazy. You're going to think I'm a homer bias, but at base salary, my quarterback, I love a base salary quarterback. I love the cheapest option at quarterback. Ryan Tannehill did it for me last week, but he's playing against Carolina this week, and I don't love that in Carolina. Um, Carolina coming off a huge loss. I don't what about, uh, can I suggest uh, Sam Darnold for 11000 playing against Miami? I can't, I, I just can't get behind that because. For a thousand dollars less, I trust Baker Mayfield more, even against a bad, against a good Broncos secondary. Well, I am subject. If our lineup shakes out to where we have money left, I'd be okay with going up to, you know, 
Josh Allen against Buffalo is only um, 11900 That's 1900 more. If we can save that money elsewhere, I'd be perfectly okay going back to that. Or Jameis Winston at 10900 is a shot in the dark, but it could work. Oh, but, those are really good. Uh, All right, so then we'll go with Baker for now, and we can pivot to Allen or Winston. Um, Alex, perhaps. what do you think about this is my This is my pick, boys. I might just do it to torture you now. You you're going to pound? Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to pound it or no? Uh, not yet, but right now okay. it's in there. But I might found it just to piss you guys off. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to do that, but that's just my gut. I, I really, and if it comes back to bite me, I'll apologize. But I... all right. So Alex, what do you think about if it's Baker, and then maybe a pivot to Allen or Winston? I would defer to pivot to Sam Darnold. Um, okay. Just because that Miami defense, that that it's it's the thirtieth defense in the league. Like it's such an awful defense for for passing, right? I mean, it's just so terrible. And Sam Darnold, he's due for a bounce back. I mean, look at the teams that he's had to play. He, you know, a couple weeks ago just played New England where he was just tortured. Now this is a good game for him to establish his confidence, kind of rebuild things for himself. I, me, I'm uh, I'm going Sam Darnold on this one for $11,000. Like, are you kidding me? That's hey. a steal. Hey, I don't care about your goddamn logic. I pick. <laughs> I picked the quarterback. You go on. Someone pick the damn running back. Or I'm going to have a fit. Are you? All right. So y'all hear running, me now? You gonna running back slot number one. This is an easy one. You ready? Uh, Calvin Cook for 17-3. That's uh, idiotic. At Kansas City. Boom. Hey, you want to know what? You guys can want your fancy smancy quarterbacks all you want. I'll take Danger Six. That way we can afford Dalvin Cook. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Dalvin but Cook. But, yeah, put him in the lineup. Alex, what do you got for running back? I've got Josh Jacobs, $11,900 um, against a squishy, squishy Detroit defense. Like, I, uh, uh, I really like something Josh to think Jacobs. about. He's a, he was limited at practice today. He was limited at practice. He is currently listed as questionable, so it's something to keep an eye on. But for $11,900, that's not bad. Um, I, again, against the squishy Detroit run defense, I really like Josh Jacobs right there. Okay. Okay, I um, just since we'll talk about running backs, since we talked about the quarterbacks for seven years and we didn't talk about them at all, um, because our picks make sense. See that that's the thing. I really love the Dalvin Cook move, but Josh Jacobs for eleven thousand nine hundred. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. You go up a couple. I mean, even all the way. I don't know. I'm Josh Jacobs has been getting more fantasy points than Le'Veon Bell, who's currently fourteen hundred three. Or I don't 14, like Le'Veon Bell, or I would have suggested him. Yeah, I I look at you. what Nick Chubb did to the New England defense last week, and mm-hmm. what Mark Ingram has been doing all year for five hundred dollars less. I'm just just saying what I think. I I'm not trying to argue with you. No, uh, you're fine. And then I go all the way down to Frank and Devin Singletary. Who I mean, we have two flex spots. I'm just pointing out running backs that are good matchups this week. But mm-hmm. outside of that, there's not there's not really a ton to be honest. Well, of great Lindsay, uh, Philip Lindsay for 9,500 is a really good matchup too against mm-hmm. Cleveland. Yeah. So I think uh, that's... I did see something. Uh, I think Royce Freeman has actually been getting more shares of the ball lately. I could Correct. be wrong. No, he has. But I think that kind of a game, uh, if Allen is going to be, uh, I don't know, check down Charlie, then I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. it might be a garbage time stuff. It might be just peppered yeah. with, you know, a low A dot, but he's he could end up with a ton of targets. So, And he's only 9,500. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. That's an absolutely good point. 
Uh, but I'm okay with putting Josh Jacobs in there. Uh, as long as he's healthy, that's the that's the key, out, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're good with Dalvin, our expensive running back. Josh is average, and we have Baker, our cheap ass quarterback. That's. I mean, I would not pick Baker Mayfield on a normal week, but they've got him down at base salary. So my wide receiver I wanted to look at this week was DK Metcalf against that awful, awful Tampa Bay secondary. But ten thousand is just too much for DK Metcalf. He's too hit or miss. A uh, lot of red zone targets, but I just, I just still don't, I don't love it. I don't love it at all. Um, so, you know, when I first um, was scrolling through fantasy draft this week, I was like, "Holy shit, Jarvis Landry's eighty eight hundred. That's a steal." And then I was like, oh, my God, Jarvis Landry's going to be guarded by the best slot corner in NFL history, best corner in NFL history. <laughs> Run! So don't do that, people. You got you to look at the whole con- entire context. I look at Michael Gallup for 9900 Yes. Ah, against the Giants? Yes. Yeah, that's nice. That's really pretty. I like that. Yes. I, I want to go Michael Gallup there. Okay. I do. Okay. And no arguments for me. That's a great one. Yeah, that's okay. a fantastic pick. All right. Yep. Fantastic. So uh, you had mentioned Metcalf. Um, I just Let's just take Tyler Lockett. Uh, same team, same terrible Tampa Bay secondary. Um, way more consistent receiver. Uh, Seattle's going to have a tough time running the ball in that game. I, I mean, this is this just wheels up. Uh, Lockett should explode in this game. Yep. And that's um, obviously uh, I like Dak better. Just because fantasy wise Russell Wilson struggles because he's just a great quarterback. He doesn't mm. really pad stats. Uh, I'd be happy to um, maybe target another Cowboys player in the flex and go Dak Prescott if we have the money. I'm not set on Baker Mayfield as a player. I just want to tell everyone out there again, I'm set on the price of the quarterback. I am a of course. I always start with the cheapest quarterback that has the most upside. And I think that's Baker this week. Uh, obviously, there's guys like Sam Darnold for one more. And that's the other thing I want to say. If we get to the end of this lineup, we don't love it, and we want to stack a quarterback receiver, we could always stack a Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson uh, later. I don't know. But yeah. sorry. I love Tyler Lockett pick. Alex, what do you got going at tight end? Who are you liking? <sighs> See, tight Dude, end that's is a bad so pick. hit or miss this year. That's and a bad pick. It's been so frustrating. We have like two or three who are just solid. I really, really, really like Zach Ertz this week. And I know Zach Ertz has not been, quote-unquote, fantasy relevant, whatever. Ooh, He's at $8,700. He's going up against the 22nd-ranked pass defense. Um, I just think Carson Wentz is starting to really cat, you know, catch his stride. Zach Ertz needs a breakout game. I think this is the week. I think getting Zach Ertz for 8700 is a steal. And he's going to be the best value for his potential. The thing about Zach Ertz scares me is he started out like white lightning, and now he's down. You know, he's been pretty bad these last three weeks against. Mm-hmm. He's been playing against good defenses: Minnesota, Dallas, Buffalo. Right. Um, and now he's going up against Chicago, who is a good defense, but they've just been not the team that they thought this year. They've been missing a beat. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm usually not hot and head-to-head taking a shot in the dark. But Zach Ertz is one of those guys that I'm personally okay with taking a shot in the dark with. Is John? Are you are you there too? Honestly, the I think the only two plays at tight end uh, this week, especially 
um, are Evan Ingram at 10-1 or Zach Ertz at 8-7. So if money dictates that it's okay to play Ingram, I'd rather have him. This is just a better matchup against sure. the Cowboys. But if we need to save, you know, that almost four, well, that fourteen hundred, then sure, Ertz is Ertz is fine. I do think this would be a nice bounce back spot. Um, I also, and we're not going to play him, but if you really wanted to try to save money and hit Jin, uh, I would even fire Goddard up in that game. I think that's not the worst thing you could do if you really wanted to spend up like every other position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, something to think about Goddard uh, and Zach Ertz played very similar. They've been playing a lot of twelve personnel. They actually played the like same amount of snaps basically last week. Yep. So that's something we can come back to, but we can put Ertz in there for now because Ertz is clearly one of the best tight ends in the NFL. It's just, yeah, I just think he's really weird due for that bounce weeks. back. So Ertz is okay. My, my so guy. I'm up. I for some reason thought I was going to be picking defense. Uh, you probably all know who already had the defense for their price, but I, I like picking at the flex. So. He, he, my heart wants to go with CMC because it's so hard to go against him. He was kind of held back last week, but he's $18,700 against a, a good Tennessee defense. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that Tennessee defense is top-notch. So where I was going with this is Amari Cooper's finally healthy. Finally. <laughs> if money permits and um, our good buddy Alex would allow it, I would consider taking Baker out of the quarterback. If we play Amari Cooper, play Dallas Goder. Or even maybe a Blake Jarwin and completely and stack the Cowboys, which is risky. But play that Goddard, which is twenty seven hundred more, to get up to Dak Prescott. Play Amari Cooper and Michael Cup. I don't know. Would you be willing to do that? Because I mean, if not, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm going Nick Chubb because he's averaging twenty one point four seven fantasy points per game, which of the available players left. That ranks fifth, and he is way down there on the money at thirteen ten. You know what? I talked myself out of it. I'm going Nick Chubb. I'm going mm. Nick Chubb, but I'm telling you now, if money permits, like I've already said, I am very okay with going back on Baker Mayfield. But Nick Chubb is a lock for me. He's my pound. It's okay. too hard. I don't know why they don't have him priced higher. He's averaging, you know, more points than uh, the likes of Zeke, Mike Evans, Saquon, Amari. Mm-hmm. That's that's so yeah, Nick Chubb, my flex yeah. running back, my pound. Don't even try to touch him. I'll kill you. <laughs> um that is a uh yeah, that's a good one. I mean it's he's, uh, it's scary because Denver's defense is good, but their their run defense is the bottom half of the league. Yeah, pass defense much better than the rush. And then yeah. also you look at like you said, Chubb is putting up elite numbers and he doesn't have an elite price tag. So that that's really helpful. Um the uh so Cooper, yeah, that's interesting. I was thinking about that, but then I looked and this might be my pound the table guy. Um, so Cooper's at 13.9, but we can save money uh, 1200 to be specific and go with Allen Robinson uh, against Philly's oh, 32nd yes. ranked pass defense. Uh, Robinson, this is going to be the game. Uh I, I know Trubisky is just Blake Bortles in disguise, obviously, but um, and Robinson must wake up every day going, "Are you are you kidding me? I played on. Can I get a quarterback at some point in my friggin' life?" But uh, yeah, Robinson's going to eat this secondary up, man. This is going to be a really big game for him, so I'd really like to get him in the lineup if we can. So yeah, so Allen Robinson 
would put us over our limit, but um, a big but. Uh, and I cannot lie. I am very okay with going away from uh, Michael Gallup. That was my pick. Yeah, there's people I like. Uh, A.J. Brown is one 8700 Super, super, super cheap. Muhammad Sanu, uh, finally his second week with them. Preston Williams against New York Jets. So I guess what I'll kind of do is put it up to you guys would you guys prefer Preston Williams, Deontay Johnson, Michael Muhammad Sanu, or AJ Brown? I really like Deontay Johnson, especially with Mason Rudolph under center in Pittsburgh. That has become his favorite target because they were both taking second and third uh, team snaps for the longest. So they just have a good chemistry. Deontay Johnson's really come into his own the last couple weeks. Yes, he's a rookie. Yes. A little bit of Toledo-Homer bias there, but I really like Deontay Johnson. I'm starting him in fantasy. Here's something about Deontay Johnson that's scary but also kind of relieving. He's had three breakout games this year, like big mm-hmm. fantasy games. Yep. His first one was against San Francisco in week three. He had 15 points. He combated that with 19 points the next week. Then he went down, he went down. Eight Week eight, he had 19.5 points. So it makes you wonder, will he have another bounce-back game? But Indiana's defense is good, so that scares me. Mm-hmm. I like A.J. Brown in this situation. So, John, it comes down to you. So um, let me throw out one more wrinkle. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I really love Gallup, and I, I do think I think that's a great play. When Gallup and Cooper are healthy, Gallup has been uh, – Gallup outscored him uh, fantasy points-wise in the beginning of the season when they were both healthy. Mm-hmm. So – I think it helps, obviously, Gallup to have Cooper in the lineup because he requires attention, obviously, from the you know focus from the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas Goddard is six thousand. I mean, we can if we switch him out and take out Ertz, put in Goddard, then you could pretty much have the exact lineup that you want to have. Uh, I mean, that I would if we could try to do that first. That would be my preference. Yeah, so but if we, if do we that... can't. Then Ertz and Deontay Johnson would be the my uh, would be my choice for that one. So if we go Dallas Godert, we then have fifty six hundred for our defense, and that top defense would be Carolina. But Cowboys are available as well in that. Um, Indiana is available. I like that. Cleveland against a bad Denver team with a bad quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely, that's that's one that might that would be my choice. The Browns. And that's who I had the Browns as when I thought I was picking the defense for some reason. But I think, I mean, for me, I really like Dallas. Um, rookie quarterback, yeah. um, Daniel Jones. I mean, he's he's had flashes of brilliance. He's had wow. moments where it's like, oh look, it's Eli Manning in a different number. Yeah. Um, so I really like Dallas. Um, yes, it's on the road. It's a big rivalry game. I think it's going to be a lot more low scoring than people expect. So I really like the Dallas defense to dial it up in New York. Okay, Alex. I'm sorry. I'm going to combat you again. I, I'm i just th- just throwing this out there. So if you're picking Dallas, you're picking Daniel Jones, who has shown that he's better than Brandon Allen because no one knows who he is. Saquon Barkley and Golden Tate healthy. Evan Ingram. But then you go to the... Denver team and who do they have? Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton. I and John threw out that stat earlier when the Browns only rush four, 
or fourth best or something like that. Fourth best. Fourth best team in the league. So At getting pressure. You able to rush four against the rookie QB, Miles Garrett against Bulls. You still want to go Dallas? Who the hell set this up so he's picking the defense? I need to talk to him. <laughs> I need to have a conversation. I think it was the producer, that guy. Tell you what, you go Browns defense, I'll get off Baker Mayfield. It's the only way. Only way I get off Baker. All right, I'll, I'll make that deal. That's good. Alex, it's your pick. He's hiding now. He's mad at me. Uh-oh. Oh. Did we lose him? Yeah, we lost him. Oh, we did. We lost him. Oh, no. Um, Yikes. All right, so hopefully he clicks back on that link and uh, gets back in the cast. So I'm going to go behind his back. Alex, I'm sorry. And you'll listen back and you'll get mad at me about this. <laughs> I don't like that Dallas defense at all uh, compared to that Browns defense against Denver. So I'm going to go ahead and put the Browns in. Now, because I'm doing that, I'm going to take Baker out. We have Baker. It gives us 10,400. Uh, I mean, we have Phillip Rivers against Green Bay. That's kind of scary, but also could be a shootout. It's in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that. I like – I mean, he's 10,200, so he has to get basically 10, 12 points to appease your pay for him. I don't know. Do you like Phillip Rivers? I mean, no, not really. I mean, he's going to have to throw a lot probably in that game, so I guess volume-wise. Yeah, my biggest thing is these quarterbacks, obviously, I'm not saying – none of these quarterbacks are going to have a big day. But when you only pay 10000 for a quarterback, your your flexibility goes so much uh, so much higher with them. I mean, God, one that would be a real shot in the dark would be Mitch Trubisky stacking with Allen Robinson. Yeah. And try against Philly's pass defense is horrible. He's had twenty. So. He's had twenty points twice this year. I mean, Josh Allen is. It's it's eleven nine. I mean, he's basically you know. We have to get rid of someone then. No, no, I know. And, but I'm saying I was going to look at Josh Jacobs, who is you know maybe you know he's questionable anyways. So um, there might be there's a couple of running backs that I like that we might be able to pivot to as opposed to that. So and I think so. Allen's Allen's a really good start against Washington. If so, okay, so we start Josh Allen. Uh, running backs available. No, the Denver running backs. David Montgomery, don't love that. Jordan Howard. Mm, so we're left with 10,400. Yeah, I like either Frank Gore or Devin Singletary. Oh, Singletary, that was the one. Yep. Um, He's only 8,500. Yeah. So if we went that route, we'd actually have 1,900 left over. And actually, there was one more guy I wanted to bring up too. Uh, how about James White, eighty four hundred, and this is against Baltimore. This is gonna have to be, like James White's floor, is like ten twelve points, and he hasn't really like he hasn't scored a ton of touchdowns or anything like that. So you're basically getting receiver numbers, obviously, from a running back. So and, you want to? Are you? So are you set on Allen Robinson? Because I yeah. look at the rest of our players, Nick Chubb, yeah. I'm pounding. So right. we'd have to get rid of Devin Singletary to go James White. Yeah, this is if if we yeah if we so Browns defense, Josh Allen a quarterback, and then we need a second running back. You know we we got Dalvin Cook at running back. We need a second one. Um, I mean it's just a thought. To be honest, Singletary, I like him more against obviously a bad Washington defense. My only concern with him is his volume. He just didn't he didn't really get any. So so if um, we went 
if we do go James White, we can go Russell Wilson against Tampa Bay, stacked with Tyler Lockett. That's probably better. It'd be Russ, and that's exactly $0. Russell, Wilson, Dalvin Cook, James White, Michael Gallup, Tyler Lockett, Dallas Goder, Nick Chubb, Allen Robinson, Cleveland Browns. That's phenomenal. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, Wilson, Dalvin Cook, and James White, Lockett and Gallup. Got Dallas Goddard at tight end, and then our flexes are Chubb, and Nick Chubb Brown, against yep. Denver, Allen Robinson at Philly, and then the Browns defense. Yep, we um, definitely here. just took all three of Alex's picks and put them away. <laughs> I apologize, Alex. I mean, first we kicked him out of the podcast, and then we kicked him out of the fantasy yeah, lineup. This is his so. first week in DFS. He didn't He didn't belong here. He didn't know what was going on, so we had to kick no. him out. You know how it'd be. No, no we're but just I want to reiterate to people him. out there, because I picked Nick Chubb, Cleveland Browns, and Baker Mayfield. I haven't been picking – I haven't picked Baker Mayfield once in fantasy this year. I think I did week one. My my point is the, the amount of points you have to get out of a quarterback is greatly determined by how much you spend on him. Russell Wilson, we're spending the max you can spend on a quarterback this week. We expect 30 points out of him, basically. In 25, 30 points. When you pay 10, when we pay 10,000 for a quarterback, the base value, you don't need that much. And it allows you to go get Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb and Allen Robinson and Tyler Lockett. Um, we were able to spin down at a couple places because of, um, yeah, I don't really know. I don't know why James White is that cheap. I don't know why my, well, Michael Gallup has been playing badly without Amari Cooper in, but now Amari Cooper's in. So it's all things you have to take into consideration when the price is being placed. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So we're going to post this up on the page. We'll post it on Twitter. That's our plays of the week for DFS. Um, I, if anything significant changes, maybe if John or I decide that one of our plays was absolutely idiotic, we'll change it up and we'll let everyone know. But ah, I like that. We gave our Thrive picks, gave our best bets. But like always, John's going to have that great article up. Go check that out. Um, you'll be able to find our tags on Twitter in the show description go like us on facebook uh, across the board go follow us on instagram atb sports network that's ran by steffi tweets the queen of bill's twitter nice and uh yeah that's that's all i got i i, I didn't tell john this but yeah john i'm thinking about starting an across the board snapchat i just don't know how i don't know if that's oh i'll have to look at it see if any uh websites run Snapchats like that. I was just thinking that's, that'd be a good way to reach the younger media. I don't really know. That'd be so, fun. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, www.atbsports.net is where you can find all of our writing. Uh, best Bets article. I'm going to try to get that out tomorrow, actually. So hopefully it'll be out Friday. Um, but regardless, whenever it goes out, I always uh, tweet about it and share it on Facebook. My Twitter handle is at Cleveland Spider. That's Spider with a Y, S P Y D E R. Uh, Alex, uh, who left the podcast a little early today, his Twitter is at Captain Sheer America, and it's uh, abbreviated, so it's C P T, and then his last name S H. I'm sorry, S C H E E R, and then America, M E R I C A. And uh, yeah, you guys can follow us. Um, you know, feel free to reach out, ask us advice. Um, you know, we're obviously, uh, like like Chandler said earlier, we're it's not behind a paywall. The picks are free, and we're here to share information and 
you know, we're doing research and diving deep into this stuff to share it with you guys. So you can know more about uh, the football that you're watching. It's just a better experience when you do that. So that's what we're here for. Yep. Couldn't have said it better. No paywall. Absolutely free. I've seen some ridiculous prices out there on Twitter. Just just come hang out with us, guys. We're, We're free over here. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And as always, check out the show description for any links that we talked about in the show. And have a good one. Please rate and review on iTunes, guys. Thank you. And download. Download it. Just go download it now. Many times. Yep. 100 times. 100 downloads. We might pay you.